Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Uh, you know, the, there is, uh, Brother Jerry said something today that just uh, resonated with my spirit. Of course, he says a lot of things. Uh, but something that he said that, that I've noticed over the years, uh, you know, Brother Hagen used to say, uh, if, you, if you do something long enough, you'll just stumble on some things. I told somebody one time, I said, you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Amen. You just got to stay with it. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> he was talking about, uh, of course, favor being his signature message. Now, of course, a pastor... You know, you've got you've to be a uh, kind of like a, a medical doctor. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, you've got to treat all kind of maladies. But the point is, is the two things that the Lord has really placed in our ministry, of course, the first one is faith, the message of faith. Somebody told me not too long ago, they said, uh, we were praying for you all the other day, and we were thanking God that there's a church in Little Rock that keeps bringing faith ministers in. Amen. Amen. Well, that's what we're called to do. We're called to preach faith. But the second thing that the Lord has over, over the last 20 plus years is the local church. And that is, uh, and, and I say this just because that's where the anointing lies. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you the number. I had a lady come up to me today that uh, uh, shook my hand and she said she was from another, she whispered that she was from another church. And, uh, and that's fine. I mean, you know, but she told me, she said, I watched your message the other day on faith. And she said, she said, uh, I heard things about faith I'd never heard before. She said, and now un, it's, it's what God's called us to minister. But when I minister on faith or the local church and, and the Holy Spirit somewhat, but faith or the local church, people will always come up to me and say, I've never heard that before or that impacted my life because that's. That is what is what God has called us to minister. And so uh, tonight we want to uh, minister along the lines of the local church. And that's not the title, but uh, it has to do with that because that's what the Lord's been dealing with me about. Week before last, we were in the Kansas location for six days of faith. And uh, it was tremendous. Uh, God really met us. Uh, but, you know, something that I want you to understand is, you know, the base of operation has shifted and what I mean by that is the base of our ministry used to be in Kansas and we would come to Little Rock God has shifted the base of that and the base of that ministry is here and now we go out from here and that's important because there's such a strong drawing to this location amen in in that there's a flow that wasn't ever here before. And something the Lord's been talking to me about, I'm more anointed now in this church than I was 23 years ago when we started the other church. And, and it's going to flow throughout all the ministries. But what you shall see and what you shall come to comprehend and to know, the Lord says, is that this ministry and this fellowship is like a tree. 
and it has been planted and it has been growing over the past 20 plus years, the Lord says. And it looked like at times, boy, the growth wasn't very fast and the growth wasn't very quick. But as the root structure grew and as the root structure matured and as the root structure became stronger and stronger and stronger, what you will begin to see is a thickening of the trunk and a lengthening of the trunk and soon it will be a tree of renown and a tree of prominence and many shall say it seems like it happened overnight but you'll know that was the longest 23 plus year night ever says the Lord but it will occur and it will happen because at this point in time I'm ready to do what I've prepared you for over the last 20 plus years. Oh glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And so the Lord said to me one time, he said, a church can be built on different things. And I'm not teaching on this per se, but he listed four things. And he said, a church can be built on personality. The personality of the leader. All right. But the problem is, is, is that personality is not life changing. But it can be built on the personality of the leader. In, in my time pastoring a church in, in the area there uh, where we pastored in Kansas for over 20 years, I watched no less than seven churches start in the same city that we were in, in DeSoto. And DeSoto's only around, I think, 12,000 people now. And it was smaller then. I watched no less than seven churches start and seven churches close. And, and, and they, they were built on different things. But some of them were built on personality. I, I had a guy basically tell me that he was going to put me and my church out of business. Well, I mean, that's okay. We, you know, I was buying him lunch. He was a new pastor in town. And so my wife and I took him and his wife out. And, you know, we're welcoming him to the city. How can we help you? You know, we got an extra bus. If you guys want a bus, we'll, we'll bless you with the bus. No, we'll get a bus when we have our building out on the highway and, and basically let us know, you know, we're here to put you out of business. Well, that's okay. Amen. You know, I waved to him as he was leaving town. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. It can be built on personality, but personality won't change your life. He said it can be built on trends, on what's popular, on what's current, but that won't change your life because trends change. In, in, in whatever area it is, trends change. What's popular today is not going to be popular tomorrow. Let's just go through your photo album and look at your hairstyle from a few years ago. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody told Brother David today, said, if you step outside, it'll curl your hair. And he said, if it can curl this, it's a miracle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It can be built on cultural ties. Black church, white church, Hispanic church, Asian church, whatever it may be. You know, there's no such thing as a black church. There's no such thing as a white church. There's no such thing as a Hispanic church. There's only the church. The Apostle Paul said, There's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female, but Christ is all. Christ is all. A city has to, re a church has to represent their city. Amen. The ethnicities in that, in that city need to be represented in that church. If, if that church is going to do what it's supposed to do, it can't be tokenism. 
It can't be just we want a few people of different colors so that we don't look just, you know, pearly white. Amen. Or indigo black. It has to represent our city. And so when somebody is looking for a church, you're not looking for a white church or a black church or a Hispanic church. You're looking for the church that God called you to. Amen. I had a guy tell me one time, he happened to be a black guy, and uh, him and his wife had met us at a a meeting. They'd come to hear us, and uh, they lived on the Missouri side, and DeSoto is is on the Kansas side, and it's about 40 minutes, 45 minutes from where they live. And his wife said, I want to go to that church, and he said, I'm not driving all that way to hear no white man. That's what he said. And he, he was one who said, I can never have a white man for my pastor. But finally she said, he said, what do you want for Mother's Day? And she said, I want you to take me out to Pastor Steele's church. Well, he couldn't get out of it because she didn't ask for anything else. Just come out there. And he drove her out there and the Lord changed his life. That was his testimony. He told that story. I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, exaggerating. And the Lord changed their life. Brought them a rescue in their life. When they learn that I'm not looking for a white pastor or a black pastor or a a male pastor or a female pastor. I want the pastor that God called me to. Amen. Amen. Mm. Then he said it can be built on the word and the anointing. And he said the word and the anointing are the only things that last. Focus on the wrong thing can cost you a deeper move of the spirit. If you focus on the wrong thing, it can cost you a deeper move of the Spirit. Amen. It can cost a rescue. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 12 is, is, is where we're headed. We'll get there eventually. You know, Paul told Timothy, he, and you know, Timothy was a pastor. And uh, it would do you well to remember that when you read like First and Second Timothy... And Titus, those are the pastoral epistles. Paul's writing to a pastor that's pastoring a church. And he tells Timothy, he said, But if I tarry long, it is so that you might know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. That word pillar is the mainstay. All right? The the, the mainstay. It it carries the idea of what it sounds like, a pillar that holds up a roof. And then he said the pillar and the ground. That word ground is the anchor, the anchor point. He says that the local church is what upholds the truth and keeps people anchored to the truth. Amen. And that's why when people so easily and quickly abandon the local church, they abandon structure, they abandon support, and they abandon the anchor point. Amen. You know, the, the, the scripture that is often quoted in uh, uh, Hebrews 10, where he talks about uh, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. You know, there's something that, that I think very often people overlook. Because the statement, that is the ending of a statement. It's, it's not just part, it's not just a statement in itself. Amen. I mean, if somebody, it starts off with not forsaking. If somebody walked in your living room just looking at you and went, not, you're going to go, not what? 
That's not how you start a statement. Not. Right? He starts back in a very, another very familiar verse. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So Paul puts, holding fast the profession of our faith, and considering one another and provoking one another to love and good works right in the same sentence of not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. So he says that if you want to hold fast your confidence and if you want to be exhorted and built up and edified, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Amen. Do you see that? And notice what Paul says. He doesn't say, he doesn't say, you know, to start having just one service a week. He says, you should have more church as you see the day approaching. Now, right there, people get nervous. Oh, is he going to add a service? No, I'm not. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. But, you know, I look back, and and I'm going to get to 1 Corinthians 12. But I look back, when Pastor Michelle and I got married, we went to a church that had four services a week. Right in a row. Not like Wednesday and two on Sunday and a Friday. Uh Uh-uh. No. It was Thursday. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we were in every service. And God knows we needed it. Amen. We needed it. But, But here's the point. Here's the point. We never thought of it as, oh, I got to go to church again. We thought of it as I get to go to church again. That, that was where our friends were. That's where our relationships were. That's where the people that spurred us on and edified us were. That's where our, our kids' friends were. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? And notice that phrase, not forsaking, means I'm in charge of that. I'm in charge of forsaking. Now think about that. If somebody said, well, that guy forsook his family, what would we think? He just cast them aside. He just walked away from them. You cannot afford to just walk away from the local church and just act like it's no big deal. Amen. Why? Because there are rescues. There are rescues that people receive today in Brother Jerry's message because they were in the local church. Amen. He, he wasn't down at the country club. He wasn't down at the bar. He was in the local church. Mr. Favor was in our church. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12. Let me get over there. The local church. 1 Corinthians 12. One, I know Pastor Michelle has been ministering on the greater works. And it's been great. And I'm just going to kind of fall in line with that a little bit. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, or concerning spirituals. In, in reality, Paul is talking more about the person being spiritual. Concerning spirituals. Concerning spiritual things. I would not have you ignorant. I would not have you ignorant. One translation says concerning, well, the King James. I would not have you ignorant. The Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul tells us something. He says where these gifts of the Spirit or manifestation of the spirits are concerned, the Spirit is concerned. He don't want us to be ignorant or or misinformed. 
I don't want you to be ignorant. Many times because of ignorance, where these gifts are concerned, rescues are missed. Where ignorance of the gifts are concerned, rescues are missed. This is so important. Because we cannot afford to fall into a natural mindset where these things are concerned. Amen. Because for people to come to our church and receive the help they need and desire, there has to be an environment of the moving of the Holy Spirit. There has to be an environment of the moving of the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. He says in verse 7 here, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So here's something that we see. So the Bible says here in this chapter as well that these gifts are divided to every man severally as the Spirit wills. And he says that every man that that operates in a gift, notice he says it's the manifestation of the Spirit that's given to that man so everybody can profit. So the gifts are to edify the body. The gifts edify the body. They, they don't make the person something. They edify the body. I've had, I've had people say, well, how could that person lose their temper and act that way? They gave a word the other night. Well, that means nothing. A, a gift operating in your life does not mean you're spiritually mature. It means you were willing, you were open for that gift to flow through you. Now, don't make me say this. You know, he used a donkey. (laughs) Right? And a rooster. And me and you. Hallelujah. But it's given to profit with all. So the, the, the gift, whatever it may be, is given by the Spirit to profit, to bring profit to the body. To bring profit to the body. Amen. So in other words, when the gifts are in operation, as a body, we'll be better off. We'll be better off. Because the gifts are in operation. Amen. You know, we went through a season in the church world where Dr. Dufresne, before he went to heaven, he used to call it the afterglow room. You know, he said they, 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 they put the, the gifts of the Spirit, the moving in of the Holy Spirit in in the afterglow room. He meant the overflow, but he would say the afterglow. (laughs) Amen. A a pastor told Pastor Caldwell one time, he said, I don't allow the moving of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my church anymore because it confuses people. And pastor said, well, that's interesting. The Bible says it it edifies people. Amen. Amen. The Bible says it clears things up. Amen. Here's the issue. People stop the moving of the gifts of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit does not move on our time frame and on our schedule. Amen. Amen. Do, Do you understand that? And when you can get a body, and I'm telling you, we're getting so close. We're getting so close. When you can get a body that will enter in like right now into the things of the Spirit. That is a group of people that the Holy Spirit can begin to move on and in from the beginning of the service and get His work done. 
Our job when we come to church is not to decide what we want to hear or see. It's, Lord, how can I get in the flow? How can I get in the flow of what the Holy Spirit? Lord, do you want us to worship tonight? I'm on my knees. I'm on my face. I got my hands up. I'm ready to go. You want us to dance tonight? I'll dance. Whatever it is, it takes skill to get your head hooked up with your spirit. The whole purpose of your mind is to hook it up to your spirit. And when we come to church, it's not, I don't have a preconceived idea about what I'm going to do. It's, Lord, Holy Spirit, what do you want to see in this service? Because that's where the prophet is. That's when I'm better off. Amen. And so people have put it on the back burner, put him and those gifts on the back burner because it takes time to get a body moving in the direction of the Spirit. It takes time to get a congregation to the place where they can just get into that flow and begin to flow. I've had people come to our churches before and say, you know, man, you guys were just over in the Spirit in a matter of minutes. That didn't happen overnight. That didn't happen overnight. That took years. That took years. Why? Because it's where the prophet's at. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. We'll be better off for that. Yes. Amen. When the Spirit manifests Himself, the Bible tells us how it will look. Right here in 1 Corinthians 12, this is how it will look. People will profit. Yes. They'll be better off for it. Amen. Yes. When you leave a service, yes, you're better off because you heard the Word. And that might be the flow of the Spirit that night is just the Word. And you'll be better off for it. But if the gifts of the Spirit are in manifestation, you will be better off because of what you heard. Amen. The emphasis of the last day's move of God is a manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord spoke to me one time and said, The Holy Spirit, the moving of the Holy Spirit is the drawing card. That's the the moving of the Holy Spirit is the drawing card. You know, you can hear all kinds of statistics about what people are saying about the church nowadays. I really don't care what they're saying about the church nowadays because Jesus said that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. So that means nothing in the natural can prevail against it either. But I'm telling you why. The reason why people are willing to do without assembling themselves together in the local church is there's no power in the local church they've been assembling themselves in. Because if there's power and the ability to change your life, you will not so readily just abandon it. Because that's where my life was changed. That's where my answer's at. Glory, that's where my rescue's at. Amen. I've been there I've been there one too many times and nobody knew what was going on in my life and God gave me a word, God gave me a divine sentence and it changed my life. And I'm just not willing to do without that. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And 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 that and listen, when we read things through the book of Acts, we read things through the book of Acts. For instance, like the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And you know, uh, I've heard great preachers try to soften that. There's no way to soften that. I mean, you can try to twist it around and say they weren't born again or whatever. Okay, well, you really got to stretch the scripture to say that. But here's the thing. Here's, here's what I know. The Bible says 
that, 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 now I'm not going to tell the whole story about Ananias and Sapphira, but after that happened to them, the Bible says it affected the whole church. And nobody was so willy-nilly with their lives and just living ever how they wanted to. It says the fear of God came on that church. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if, if I hear people talking about sin in the church, you want sin out of the church? Let the gifts of the Spirit back in. Let the word of wisdom back in. Let the word of knowledge back in. Let the discerning of spirits back in. Hallelujah. When the word of wisdom is operating in a church and the word of knowledge is operating in a church, people are going to think twice before they just go do whatever they want to do. Amen. Well, you think the Holy Ghost will tell off on you? Well, He's told off on me before. Amen. Thankfully, not much in public, but nonetheless. This, this is so important because that's where my prophet is. That's where my rescue is. If the church is just looked at as a gathering place, I forfeit the prophet and the rescue that's there. I, I forfeit being better off because it's just something I can take or leave. If I'm there, fine. If I'm not there, fine. It's not that you don't want to miss something that might be going on. It's that I don't want to miss my, what might be coming to me. Yeah, but I can get it on my own. If you could get it on your own, God wouldn't have given you a church and a pastor. You can't, nobody, I can't, nobody, nobody can get everything from God on your own. Nobody can. Nobody can. That's why God gave us the local church. That's why God gave me a pastor. That's why God gave you a pastor. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I've done, I've preached myself happy. Amen. <laughs> See, God's not going to use men's themes to reap the harvest. He's not going to use men's themes to reap the harvest. We need to be jealous for the Father's harvest. I want to do it your way. I was teaching last night in Consultores about being people of influence and how we influence people with the Word of God. And we don't need to try to influence people with us or our intellect or our mindset, but we need to influence people with the Word of God. This is where I was. I got a hold of the Word, and this is where God has brought me. My marriage was a wreck. I got a hold of the Word, and now it's together. My life was whatever it may be. And now I'm influencing people through the power of the Word of God. I'm influencing people by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our methods are never better than the Father's. Amen. They're never better than the Father's. Amen. You know, they're, 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 there's so much that, that we could say and so much that we could do. And, and I don't have time to rehash a lot of that. You know, we, we talk about the, the seeker-friendly movement and the, the seeker-sensitive movement and some people call it the sneaker-friendly movement and, and all, all these different things. Well, that whole movement, folks, was based on people being comfortable in church. Dress how you want. Bring your latte in. We'll put a Starbucks in the foyer. Bring your latte in. And oh, oh, by the way, we won't, we won't pass the offering. We don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable or feel pressured to give. The answer to that person's financial problem is in that offering time. And we don't want them to feel pressure to give. 
Well, how, how would they have received Paul's letter? First day of the week, every one of y'all set by in store as God's prospered you. How, how would they felt about Jesus sitting there looking at, at the offering plate? Is that right? He watched what they were putting in Jesus. Watch what they were putting in. Jesus wasn't sneaker friendly. Amen. What people say, but people feel comfortable. They feel comfortable because there's no way for the Holy Spirit to move on them to do something and to act because we're not giving them the opportunity. When you come to church, you are given an opportunity to see change in your life when you're open to the moving of the Spirit. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. Amen. And I, and I got to be careful with this because I know, I know there's times and, and, and different things. But, you know, and, the, and, then, and then we oh, we put so much into making sure that people don't feel like, you know, God's mad at them and God's angry. And I understand that's a problem for some people. And we've moved away from fearing God and, and moved away from this because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. The Bible says that you need to understand the things that are necessary for success is that you live justly and walk in the fear of God. For every one of us, there needs to be things that we don't want to do because we don't want to offend God. Amen. 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 Now, now, you say, what's that got to do with the moving of the Holy Spirit? One of the things that we've got to do that doesn't offend God is reverence the Holy Spirit, reverence His working in our lives, reverence what's going on in my church. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Because our methods are never better than the Father's. They're never better than the Father's. Well, here's what we'll do. We'll make an entertainment venue. And, and you know, uh, uh, it attracts people. And, and, you know, with the smoke and the lights. And, and we'll put lasers. And, and we'll make sure that we sing all the top 40 music. Amen. You know, Dr. Dufresne used to say this. He said, you attract a lot of numbers to a rock concert. But when it's over, all you got left is garbage. Numbers, now hear me, numbers are not what we're after. Numbers show up to something that's real. But numbers stay with something that's real. Isn't it interesting that what we've seen over the last few months, and we saw it a lot last year, out of some of the, some of the largest seeker-friendly churches and organizations and some of them that were turning out some of the most popular worship music. What did we see? Pastor after pastor after pastor after pastor in their organization being caught in adultery, caught in sexual misconduct. Why? There's no fear of God. There's, There's no conviction of the Holy Spirit. If it don't matter how I look, and it don't matter how I dress, and it don't matter the slang that I use, and I can get up and just basically be a coach, and basically be a, a positive speaker, then it don't matter. I, I am a very positive person, but when I'm preaching, I'm not trying to be positive. I, I want to be anointed. I want to be full of the power of God, so that somebody's life will change. There, there's things I don't do. 
Because I don't want to offend God. And because I'm your pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. When, 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 when a person becomes a personality instead of a pastor, they're going to fall. Because the anointing is not in the personality, it's on the pastor. And that anointing keeps you, and that anointing guides you, and that anointing protects you. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? 1 Corinthians 12, 31, oh my Lord. Do, 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 do you see that? And so, so when I come to the local church, when I come to the local church, it's, 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 it's not just a place that I come together. It's a place that I come to change. It's a place that I come to receive instruction that's going to better me for what's coming in my life. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, notice he says, Covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show unto you a more excellent way. The Phillips translation says, you should set your heart on the best spiritual gifts. Amen. Someone will say, well, what's the best one? Well, I like this definition. The best gift is the one you need at the time. Amen. Some people say prophecy is the best gift because it's utterance in a known tongue. I really don't care which one's operating. I just want the benefit from it. But here's the point. The Spirit will not manifest where there's no hunger. Paul said, covet it. Paul said, covet it. I've heard people before walk out of church, not y'all, but people, walk out of church. You know, when when Pastor Michelle and I, before we pastored, and they'd walk out of church and say, well, I don't know what was wrong. He was just a little bit off tonight. No hunger. No hunger. I'm sitting there thinking, my Lord. Amen. I, I think maybe I needed everything. Yeah. You know, I needed it. I was broke. <laughs> I, I'd kind of been kicked to the curb. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, nobody thought I had a future. Michelle and I, Pastor Michelle and I got married and people laughed at us. We had family members. When we got married, the, night, the two days after we got married, we couldn't afford a honeymoon. So our honeymoon was sleeping on the floor in the apartment that we lived in with our two kids in the bedroom down the hall. So anyway, <laughs> we came to church. We got married on a Wednesday, came to church on a Friday. That's what you do. That's what we do, man. It's what we do. Anyway. It's <laughs> what we do. So, but we had a guy, this guy didn't really like us, but he was being nice. And he said, you know, they got married, and he brought up something and said, I want everybody to come congratulate them. We had family that would not get up out of the chair and come congratulate us. We had people that, that supposedly loved us, basically taking wagers on if it lasted six months. There were people that said, well, you know, he's just this, and she's just looking for a sugar daddy. And I thought, do they see what I'm driving? Sugar daddy? You know what a sugar daddy is, right? Sugar daddy got some money. This sugar daddy had no sugar. None. The, the sugar cabinet was empty. She married me for my looks. Not really. But I, I was driving an old Volkswagen Rabbit. That, that, I, that I had bought with my tax return. 
People say, what were you driving before that? The church van. <laughs> no, and it wasn't a nice small van. It was one of them converted school buses. You know the short bus? The bus you know, some of y'all used to ride? The short bus? <laughs> some of y'all don't get that. That's what it was. I'd drive, I'd drive it just to work. Amen. I'd drive it to work. I, I, I had it parked in front of the Piggly Wiggly sign where I worked. I, I worked at Piggly Wiggly. And, uh, and a guy came and he had a hard time keeping a straight face. He said, can you move your vehicle? I got to put something up on the side. <laughs> me, and, me and my friend James Pierce, the pastor, asked us to paint that bus with spray paint. And I was working on the outside and James was working on the inside. And he didn't roll any windows down or open any doors. And uh, in a minute, he looked at me, he's like, I'm like, James, are you okay? He's like, I'm good. I, you got to get out of there. We, Amen. He was loaded. Anyway, I'm just telling you where we were. And, 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 and people, people were saying, people were saying, you know, oh, it's not going to last, blah, 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 all of this. Amen. We needed everything. There wasn't anything we didn't need. Amen. We, we, we didn't have any money. We didn't have a good place to live. We, we, a couple years ago, a few years ago, we were there in Nashville on vacation. We drove over to uh, Old Hickory, where off of Goodless, uh, 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 Madison. Madison, where we live. And we went in there, and I thought, dear Lord, what are we doing in this neck of the woods? Amen. And it wasn't an ethnic thing. It was just every house you saw was falling apart. It, just, it was just a poverty-stricken neighborhood. It yeah. wasn't a black neighborhood or a white neighborhood, just a poor neighborhood. That's where we lived. Amen. Hallelujah. And we would leave church. Be, oh, I don't know what's wrong. They just didn't have it tonight. And I would think, my Lord, I'm changing. My life is changing. Things, things are changing in my life. We were hungry. One thing that has never lost, left our lives is a hunger for the things of God. And not just the things of God, to be in the presence of God's people, to be in the house of God. That has never left our lives. We've always been hungry to see God move. Amen. Hallelujah. The Spirit won't manifest. He won't manifest in the church service and He won't manifest in your life. Where there's no hunger, He won't manifest. I've got to be hungry. I, amen. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. A lack of interest grieves the Holy Spirit. A lack of interest grieves the Holy Spirit. There, there are things that God wants to do in people's lives, and a lack of interest, a lack of hunger will shorten His hand. Because I want to do. I may have told you this story before, but when we moved to, to uh, Kansas City, we were no better off when we moved there, but the Lord told us to move. And uh, so we went, and uh, a guy blessed us with a uh, Pontiac station wagon. Blessed us with a Pontiac station wagon. <laughs> it wasn't a blessing, but it was better than what we had. And uh, hallelujah. And we only had one car, and she, Pastor Michelle had to go to work. She was cleaning apartments at the time. See, sometimes people think that you've never been where they're at. She was cleaning apartments. 
And the person that she was cleaning apartments with, they made all this money one year. And, and you know, sometimes you just don't think. And the person said, well, you put all your, your name on the business, and I don't want my name on the business. Well, guess who gets to pay all the taxes? The two people that can't afford it. <laughs> Me and her. Amen. She's cleaning apartments. I'm, I'm working at Blue Cross Blue Shield, riding the bus to work. Amen. And she's driving this car, taking our kids to school and, and driving. Friday night shows up, and we got to decide, are we going to church? Or Wednesday night, excuse me. Are we going to church, or are we going to save the gas we have so she can go to work tomorrow? We said, we're going to church. I, I, I'd rather walk serving God then stay home and backslide. Amen. And we went. Oh, we went. And man, we enjoyed the service. You know, we got there and we, for, we forgot about everything. We forgot about the money we needed and the fact that we're probably not going to get home. We got to walk, probably going to have to walk. Amen. And, and, and I'm there in the service and, and man, it's just, Pastor Morton preached a message. My Lord, just curl your, curl your hair. Amen. And, and we're getting ready and we're walking out. And we're shaking hands, and, and I heard a guy, Brother Philip, Brother Philip. And I turned around, it was a guy named Lance Alexander. I will never forget this. And he said, Brother Philip, hang on. And he came up to me and he said, The Lord told me to give you this at the beginning of church, and I got busy and didn't do it. And he said, And he gave me $20. Well, you know, back then, that's over 20 years ago, $20 worth more than it is now. And so, so we got in the car. And we're driving, we had to go down a hill and around the curve and up a hill. And right at the top of that hill, the car ran out of gas. But here's the good news. Right on the other side, we're going downhill. And at the bottom of the hill is a gas station. Amen. So we just ran out of gas and coasted down the hill, stopped. And I, I had a milk jug and ran across and got some gas. Amen. You know, I, I think about that, and it doesn't sound like a big deal. I could have sit at home and still not had gas for her to get to work tomorrow. But I went to church and God had enough money ready for me to fill my tank up. You don't think that built my faith? That built my faith. That if I'll do what God wants me to do, and in that instance it was go to church. There are people here tonight. You could be a lot more comfortable right now at home. You could have had a lot easier afternoon if you would have just stayed at home and not come to church tonight. But you want something. You're hungry for something. God wants to rescue you in some area of your life. Hallelujah. And he manifests where there's hunger. I saw that over and over again. Amen. One time I tell this story about a, 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 a family member giving me $20 because I needed an oil change for our car. And uh, we had moved and things were a little better. But uh, we went to church that night, Friday night, and, and some family members went with us. And uh, the church we went to at the time was Deeper Life Christian Ministries, Pastor E.C. Morton. And... Uh, Anyway, any event, he, uh, he took the offering that night, and he did something that I'd never seen him do before. He took a second offering. And he said, I just feel like we need to take a second offering. 
And uh, uh, the Lord said, give that $20. Well, that's, that's all the money I had, number one. And they'd given it to me for another reason, but I, I put it in the offering. There's a family member there who got mad at me, yelled at me in church. I saw what you did. That's irresponsible. Okay, praise God. You know, you know what happened next? He said, come up here, Philip. And I said, praise God. And that second offering, he gave it to me. Gave me that second offering. Amen. I, I, I got more than one oil change out of that offering. Now, people will say, yeah, but, you know, that's an unusual circumstance. No, 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 no. God knew. God knew where to find me. He knew I was going to be in church. There's times that God will say, what are you interested in? Are you more interested in what's going on on TV or what's going on in the church? Are you more interested in getting a couple more hours rest? Or are you interested in the change and the rescue and the profit that I have for your life? Amen. Hallelujah. We need to see the divine teacher in manifestation in our services. Amen. When the Spirit gets to have His way, every person can walk out of the church having been ministered to. And I don't mean having hands laid on them. I mean every person in the church can walk out having been ministered to by the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Romans 1.11, he said in the King James, I, For I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. Amen. Now, you don't hear a lot of ministers talking about things like that. I, I've had pastors tell me, well, I don't want to brag on myself. You, listen, you can never brag on yourself saying what God said. Amen. So when you come to church, something is imparted to you that produces stability. One translation says, in order to impart to you some spiritual help. So you're getting spiritual help tonight. Another one says, and give you fresh strength. Give you fresh strength. Amen. Uh, Understand something. Let me say this right, Lord. You cannot afford to live your life out of order. You can't get your life out of order. It's God and God's things. That's first. You can't live your life out of order. And then it's being where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do. You can't, don't get that out of order. You cannot afford to live your life out of order. Amen. I've, I've watched it over the years. I've watched it over the years. People get their lives out of order. Amen. And, and there's, I, I think about this. I was talking to my wife about this the other day. The relationships that we have in our life, the relationships that we have in our life are a result of being obedient to what God said to do. Amen. Keeping our lives in order, being where God told us to be, doing what God told us to do. That keeps your life in order. Amen. When you see the enemy get an inroad into somebody's life, if you check and you investigate, very often it's because there was some area of disorder. Not every time, but very often. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? You can't afford to live your life out of order because there's things that God wants to add to your life. There's people that God wants to add to your life. There's relationships that God wants to add to your life. There's rescues that God wants you to walk in. Amen. I had a person come to me one time. Uh, they were in FBI MA. And uh, they were talking to me. And they, they went to another church of some friends of ours. And he was coming to our Bible school. And, uh, and uh, he, he, he said, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah, I knew him. I said, yeah. And so we went in the office and he started talking to me. And he said, uh, I need to talk to you about pastor so-and-so. And he named his pastor. And uh, he, then he just started. I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Is that your pastor? He said, yes. I said, is that where God told you to be? He said, yes. I said, then you better be careful. I didn't use these exact words, but I said, you'll get, some, you'll get out of order. And when you get out of order, the help stops. The prophet stops. Amen. Hallelujah. A lack of hunger will grieve the spirit. Being ignorant about the things of the Spirit will grieve the Spirit. And that's what I see more and more. I see a generation that's solidly ignorant about the moving of the Spirit. Ignorant about the things of the Spirit. And they get in an environment where the moving of the Spirit is and and they kind of freeze up because they, they don't know how to flow. As a minister, the single one of the single greatest things that you can ever learn is how to be sensitive and flowing with the Holy Spirit. Yes. If you don't know how to be sensitive and flow with the Holy Spirit, there's no way that I can minister to people the way that I should. Amen. Sometimes you'll be ministering and there'll be a point or there'll be a place that you hit and it's and it's you you come to this place where you have more to say but there's no more to say. I have more to say, but there's no more to say. Because the teacher has stopped talking. And now the teacher wants to manifest. You follow me? And what happens is a lot of times people get to that place and preachers get to that place and they just press on. And yeah, what they said was okay, it was right. But they, they missed their moment. And the teacher did not get to manifest and rescue and help people the way that he should. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody told me one time, they said, Pastor, I'm, 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 I'm watching you because of your confidence when you move into the things of the Spirit. Listen, I, I remember, I remember when, when I was seeking the Lord for what He wanted for our ministry many, many years ago over... <laughs> My Lord, close to 30 years ago now, 26 years ago, something like that. And I went on into an extended time of just fasting and praying, seeking the Lord. And, and I told the Lord, I said, I want to be a vessel that you can flow through to impart life and victory into people's lives. That's what I want. Lord, I did not go and say, Lord, I'm not seeing what I'm seeing in the book of Acts. I didn't do that. I said, Lord, I know you want to flow through us in a special way. And I am consecrating myself and saying, however you want to do this, begin to flow through my life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. It produced a sensitivity to the things of the Spirit. Amen. Your single greatest ally 
as a preacher is your relationship with the Holy Ghost. If I've got a strong relationship with the Holy Ghost, and I, I don't mean I just know His moving. He's my friend. He's my compatriot. He's my confidant. He's right here speaking in my ear, talking to me, living in me, breathing in me, leading me, guiding me, directing me. Amen. Greatest asset. Amen. Because He's the one that wrote this word. And as you're preaching, He'll illuminate it to you. And He'll illuminate it to you and give you a way to illuminate it to the people. That's where the rescue's at. That's where the help's at. And, 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 and that's why when you get hooked up in methods, are you following me? Like the guy that told me at the time we were listening to Kenneth Copeland. And he said, turn that off. That's the most boring thing I've ever heard in my life. Very unspiritual man. Was he saved? Yep. Was he spirit-filled? Said he was. Very unspiritual. Why? Had, had no spiritual tuning. You cannot listen to Ken Copeland for five minutes and say it's boring. You say, that's your opinion. Well, if you have a different one, you're wrong. <laughs> In my opinion. <laughs> Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And that, that's what I see more and more. I see that more and more. I see, I, see, I see churches starting up and I see people talking about how they want to be coaches. We want to coach you through life. I'm not coaching you. I am not a coach. I'm a pastor. I'm a shepherd. Shepherds don't coach sheep. They lead sheep. They protect sheep. They take sheep to what they need. Amen. That's what Jesus said. He said, I, I lead the sheep into good pastures. Amen. And what do they find? Rest for their souls. Isn't that right? Not, not coaching. If, if you're going through an issue, you don't need a coach. You need a pastor. You need a rescue. You, you need profit. Am I helping you tonight? A lack of hunger grieves the spirit. God will bring you to a body where there's a pastor that knows how to function and flow in these gifts and can be an example of how it's done. Self-taught people where the gifts of the spirit are concerned are unsafe and unreliable. Unsafe and unreliable. To have the move of the spirit, you have to sow it and teach it in order to reap it. Got to sow it and teach it. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 8. My watch is not broke. I know what time it is. It says, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So real quickly, the word of wisdom is divine revelation from the mind of God concerning future events. Divine wisdom, divine revelation from the mind of God concerning future events. That's the word of wisdom. Future events. The word of knowledge is divine revelation from the mind of God concerning past or present events. Divine revelation from the, the, the mind of God concerning past or present events. Both of these gifts operated in skillfully can provide a divine rescue in the life of a believer. Brother Hagen said that in every pastor's life, these two gifts, word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, should operate strongly. Because it aids in helping people. It aids in helping people. 
Glory to God. I remember one time, this is an extreme rescue, but I remember one time there was a young man that I was dealing with, and, and he was coming to church, and, and he was getting a hold of the things of God, and he hit a rough patch, hit a rough patch in his marriage. And, uh, uh, you know, when he hit this rough patch, it kind of, you know, threw him off a little bit. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, during this rough patch in his marriage, uh, this other young lady started giving him the eye, and he kind of appreciated the eye, you know. And uh, uh, I, I kept praying about it. And one day I was praying for him, and I saw her. And I saw just what she looked like. I never met her. I saw just what she looked like. I saw where she lived. I saw what she, I saw where she came from. He said, what would you do? Next service, I called him in my room, in my office. And I said, now I love you, and you know I love you. He said, yeah. I said, uh, listen, you're making a mistake. And I said, I know who you're messing with. And I described her. I said, her hair is this color. Her eyes are this color. This is how she looks. I said, and I can almost tell you her name. And I said, the Holy Spirit will keep dealing with me to rescue you, and I will tell you her name. Amen. Amen. People say, what did he do? Started weeping. And he broke that relationship off eventually. Amen. That was a rescue. But how was that a rescue? Word of knowledge. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. Amen. Imagine how secure that is. How secure that makes people feel. That if I'm facing a challenge, God can and will, if necessary, give a word of knowledge to my pastor to help me. Or a word of wisdom to help me. Amen. Now, he doesn't do that all the time. Don't come up to me after church and say, you got a word for me? Yes, go home. I... It's late. Go to Taco Bell or whatever. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, now, now why is this important? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take a lot of time. Because they provide a divine rescue in the life of the believer. In Acts 21, 10 and 11. Of course, you'll remember, it says, as we tarried there certain days, that... that, that uh, uh, from Judea, a certain prophet named Agabus came. And it says when he came, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hand and feet. And he said, this is what's going to happen to the man that owns this girdle or this belt in Jerusalem. And he'll be betrayed and delivered into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, regardless of whether you think Paul was in the will of God or out of the will of God going to Jerusalem, the fact is he received a word of wisdom concerning what was going to happen to him in the future. Amen. It's up to us whether we receive it or not. I got to decide if I'm going to receive the help. If I'm going to receive the rescue. I remember one time a young man uh, had come to our Bible school. And uh, they, they were involved in a ministry that wasn't very, uh, <clears throat> very fruitful. And uh, he asked me if I could meet with him and talk about his future. And I said yes. And on the way over the Lord said this is what you need to tell him. He said you need to tell him that his place is with you and your wife in your church, and that if he'll come, he'll be in the will of God. Well, you know, moving in those gifts humbles you. Because that, that makes it sound like I'm the man. Amen. But now they lived in on the Missouri side, and I told him that. 
sitting there over dinner. He kept saying, well, it just seems like I'm drying. It just seems like I'm not making progress. And it just seems like, and finally I said, hey, look, look, can I tell you what the Lord told me? He said, yeah. And I told him exactly what the Lord said. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, that'd be an awful long way to drive. That was it. That was it. You know, I've watched that life go from struggle to struggle to struggle to struggle. They've never done anything lasting or meaningful for God. It's, it's not just me. It's not being where the Holy Spirit said to be. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? that? See, that's living your life out of order. That's living your life out of order. Nothing bad happened. There, there wasn't any physical consequences. Nobody got sick. Things of that, that people try to say God does. But God cannot. God, Brother Jerry talked about favor today. God can't favor a life that's out of order. Just can't. And, 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 and I met with this person not too long ago. And it's a, as my mother would say, it's the same old seven and six. Just the same old business. And nothing's changing, and and, and not, you know, and it wouldn't do me a lick of good to say, well, you know what I told you, because it's it's not it's not going to change. Everybody in this room tonight has the same opportunity to to live a life of order. Amen. Everybody, Little Rock, Arkansas, after this morning and tonight, will never be able to say that they didn't have an opportunity to know God wanted to favor them. Because the opportunity was available. Amen. Do do, do, do you see what I'm saying? You don't want to live your life out of order. If God says, be here, amen, Remember when, when Jesus told the disciples, he said, he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Now what would happen if one of them said, well, I'm going to go over here to Samaria. He wouldn't have got him. He wouldn't have got anything. Because he would have been out of order. Been in the wrong place. Hallelujah. In, in Acts 27.10, this is where Paul was on the ship and they were getting ready to leave. He said, Sir, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with much hurt or hurt and much damage, not only the lading and the ship of the ship, but also of our lives. What's, what's the Holy Spirit trying to do? Rescue. Rescue. Don't leave. Hallelujah. But what did they do? He listened to the captain. And then when they left, they had a soft wind blowing. And they thought, yep, we, we, we got it. And, and they were moved by what the captain said and by what the soft wind said. I've had people come to me in church before and say, well, we're leaving this church, you know, after they told you God told them to be there. And uh, we're going over here because they got a bigger children's ministry. So you're going to forsake where God told you to be for a bigger children's ministry.
or they're giving me an opportunity to be in the choir over here. But you said God told you to be here. How do you walk that back? If you said God said, how do you walk that back? Do, do, do you either come and say God changed his mind or do you say God never said? You, you understand that? How, how do you, how do you, that's, that's what I want to ask some of the prophets that are prophesying nowadays. All these predictive prophecies. You're saying some things. How are you going to walk them back? Because you said God said. If God told you to be here, here's what you do. Get comfortable. Because there's a grace that will come on your life because you're where God told you to be. And that's what will begin to change your finances and change your marriage and change your family and change the way things are. Because where, you, when you, where you're obedient, grace comes. And grace is God's power and ability used on your behalf even though you don't deserve it. Amen. You're letting on that I'm preaching real good. I only got one more verse. Amen. You know, I, I watched Pastor Michelle and I, when we entered the ministry, you know, there are other people around. We had relationships with people that were in the ministry as well. And, you know, I look back on that, and I, don't, I, I, may, I know of one couple that's still in the ministry today that started with us. I... I I, I, I was uh, uh, in a church in Amarillo, Texas for a Greater Faith Tabernacle uh, uh, in Amarillo, Texas. And there were like six or seven of us young men. And we were all single. And uh, uh, we lived in the old parsonage behind the church. Like to starve to death. But we called it fasting. But <laughs> it was involuntary fasting. But uh, here, here's my point. As I look back on that, man, we had some prayer meetings. We had some house-shaking prayer meetings. I mean, we, we, we started a prayer movement in that church. We started going over there at 5 o'clock in the morning and praying and seeking the Lord. And, but I look back on that. I'm the only guy. I'm the only one of that group that's still in the ministry. And I'm the only one, as far as I know, still saved. Hallelujah. People, people say, what happened? They started living their lives out of order. The first thing, they, they started abandoning where God told them to be and what God told them to do. God doesn't just randomly change His mind. If He said, I want you here, He wants you there. And He doesn't just randomly get up in the morning and change His mind. Oh, I changed my mind. You don't need to be there. Be over here. Or be doing this or be doing that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 27, verse 22. And we'll read through verse 25. This is when the angel appeared to Paul. He said, I exhort you, be of good cheer. There will be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Whew. Isn't that good to know? Now, why did he start off with that way? Because the ship's about to break up. <laughs> Everything's about to fall apart. Yeah. Isn't that great? Pastor Michelle was ministering tonight that God will supply all of your need. 
according to his riches in glory. What, why is that there? Why is that preached out of the word? Because there's going to be times there's going to be a need that needs to be supplied. And praise God, God supplies all my need. Amen? Now notice, for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Well, that'll preach. Saying, fear not, Paul, you must be brought to Caesar, and God's given you all them that sail with you. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe God. It will be even as it was told me. So even though all these men were saved, this is important, the loss of the ship, the goods, all of the hardship they endured could have all been avoided if they would have listened to the divine rescue in the beginning of the voyage. Could have all been avoided. This was not God's best. You know, God didn't rescue them as much as He rescued Paul. Well, didn't He care about them? Well, of course, God cares about everybody. But there was one man on that boat Believing, amen, and that had a mandate on his life. He, he wasn't rescuing just them as much as he was him. Oh, glory to God. Amen. That's why it's important you have your family where they're supposed to be. And, and you have your marriage where it's supposed to be. And you have your children where they're supposed to be. And you have, if you're single, you have yourself where they're supposed to be. You know, if, if you're single, I don't know how many single people I have here. But if you're single and maybe you're looking for a spouse or a mate, this is where you'll find them. God will, God will bring them if you'll show up regularly. Lots of nervous laughter. <laughs> where he at? Where is he? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. He's coming. He's breathing. He's walking. She's walking. Amen. My wife told somebody one time, they, they, well, one of our daughters was talking about uh, 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 how, me and how much they were looking for the traits in a man that I have. And my wife said, you're not going to find them out there where you're looking. Because they don't exist in those guys. Amen. You, you, you got, you got, now, now that sounds simple, but that's a rescue. You, you're not looking, oh Lord, why you got me here? You're not looking for Mr. Good Looking. You're looking for Mr. Spiritual. You're not looking for Miss Good Looking. You're looking for the spiritual. And amen. And I'm looking around. Everybody that's married, I'm looking at you. I'm, I'm looking at you. And, and God not only brought spiritual, He brought good looking too. Amen. Hallelujah. There's not a day goes by I don't look at my wife and say, Lord, look what the Lord has done. Amen. Hallelujah. That's about the best God could do for me. Amen. Hallelujah. But what, listen, why did that happen? I was where God told me to be, where God told me to be. Well, I'm not looking for a spouse. Well, what are you looking for? Because it's, it's found where God told you to be. He told the prophet, he said, arise. He said, get to the brook because I have commanded the ravens there to feed you. Not somewhere else, there. And when the brook dried up, he said, now get up and go to Zarephath, for I have prepared a widow woman there. 
I mean, she wasn't very big. She's just a little widow woman. Widow little woman. That's a bad joke. And little humor, very little. Hallelujah. Overthinking dismisses manifestation. When you get in the mental arena, you're done in the faith arena. When I get over in the mental arena, I'm done in the faith arena. If the, the, the flesh wants to overlook things it can't control. If the flesh can't control it, it wants to overlook it or dismiss it. If we miss the signs the Holy Spirit's flashing, we won't profit. And, 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 and I heard Andrew Womack tell a story one time, and he said that, uh, you know, he was uh, driving uh, uh, down the road there in Colorado, and of course, you know, the roads are twisting and turning, and he said, uh, he, said uh, he came around a curve, and a lady had hit a horse, or a person had hit a horse. And he said, he slammed on the brakes and, and two or three people, hit, one guy hit her and then it was just a pile up. And he said, I hit the brakes and, and almost hit him, but I got, got over the side. And he said, I thought, you know, we got to do something because people are coming around this curve, they're going to get hit. And he said, so I, wa- I parked and walked around the curve and was out in the middle of the road waving my hands, trying to stop people. And he said, do you know, people cussed me out, people yelled at me, said, you idiot, what are you doing in the road? And he said, some of them went around the corner and, and hit that car. And there's another big pile up. And he said, I'm out in the middle of the road trying to get them to stop. And they're mad at me because I'm out in the middle of the road. When the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, hey, stop. Because he's flashing a sign for a reason. Amen. Amen. The vocal gifts have to be in manifestation before the power gifts. And people will say, why? Because God says something before he does it. He always says something before he does it. Amen. You know, the thing that keeps rolling over and over and over and over in my spirit is there's not a person under the sound of my voice that the last chapter of your life has been written. And the enemy will always, listen, I know what it's like to change. When pa- I'll, I'll end with this. i got to put my notes up, and that means I'm ending. But this is my first closing. I get three. But maybe I'll only cash in on one tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, help me remember where I was. Uh, oh, change, change. And, uh, you know, when the Lord started dealing with, with Pastor Michelle and I about uh, the direction of our ministry all those years ago close to, well it would have been 27 years ago or so and uh, you know we were we were assistant pastors at a church in Kansas City Kansas and uh, God was doing some I mean there was just an all-out move of God on I mean it was I don't know how to explain it it was just it was a it was a sovereign move of God it was just a supernatural move of God when when we started going there and I'm not saying us I'm just we, we had went back to the church. We'd, I'd been assistant pastor at that church for two years. And uh, uh, some of the board members kind of got riled up about some things and, and didn't like something that I'd said or something I did. Which is, it's no surprise. But, uh, you know, I, I, I told them, I said, well, I'm not going to argue. I said, I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just leave. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to 
you know, I'm not going to drag the church through this mess. And so we left. Well, about a year later, six months later, a friend of mine from uh, South Texas was preaching there. And, uh, and I, I wanted to go see him. And so we went and we sat on the back row. And they had moved into their new sanctuary at the time. And so we were on the back row. And I was sitting there and the Lord said, uh, uh, I need you to come back and finish what I need you to do here. And my response immediately was, well, Lord, I'll do it, but you got to deal with her. You got to talk to my wife because she didn't, she had nothing. But we got home that night and I said, honey, I said, the Lord dealt with me tonight about going back. And she said, well, you'll go alone. I mean, just like that. Remember, DJ, what I told you today, what's the most important word you can learn as a husband? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes, ma'am. That's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Hallelujah. And, and, and so I told the Lord, I said, well, Lord, you'll have to deal with her. I knew the Lord had spoke to me in my spirit. And uh, the next morning was Sunday morning, and, and I'm, a, I'm an early riser, real early. And I, I was up. I get up about 4 o'clock every morning. And, and so I was up early. And uh, Pastor Michelle uh, came into the living room about a, qu- a quarter after 5. And I knew that was God. <laughs> Amen. Because at that time, she was not an early riser. And, uh, and there was no need to be either. But the, but the point is, she sat down and she looked at me and she said, so when are we going back? And I said, well, this morning, if, if you're okay with that. And so we went back. Well, here's a long story short. We went back and uh, there was a man that was helping out in that ministry that was in all kinds of sin. And, and he was involved in infidelity. He had lost his ministry uh, because he'd had an affair, multiple affairs. And, and he was still doing all this, this, this junk. And uh, no, I didn't call him out. I didn't have a word for him and say, you adulterer and adulteresses. And I didn't know. But uh, uh, that Sunday night, the pastor asked me to preach. And I'm telling you what, a message came on me about repentance and about living right before the Lord and living in the fear of God. I, I don't know that I've ever preached a message like that again. And, and I watched that man sit on the second row and just shake under the convicting power of God. And, uh, and I didn't know that I was ministering to him. And he, well, long story short, he would not come to the altar. He wouldn't change. He left the church. Well, God started a move of God. The pastor asked me if I would minister. She was sick. She asked me if I would do all the ministering. And I started ministering on uh, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Uh, I did Monday night Bible study. Uh, we did fri- or, uh, prayer meeting, Friday night prayer meeting. And a move of God started. I'm telling you, a move of God started. It was people where you could not walk in that church sick and not get healed. It was, it was phenomenal. People, the altars were full. The altars were full every service. People getting saved, people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. It was just a, a, a phenomenal move of God. And uh, this, this went on for the better part of two years. And I mean, people, people were coming and getting saved. I mean, one young man came and, and uh, he had uh, uh, se- seven different things that he was allergic to. No, no, uh, excuse me, 21 different things on seven different allergy medicines. The doctor told him he's allergic to everything told his mom and they came in and 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 we prayed for him and the lord the lord healed him and she went back to the doctor one day after him saying he's allergic to everything went back to the doctor the next day and the doctor said i don't get it he's not allergic to anything 
and took him off all the medicine. Not a couple years ago, I heard from that young man. Hey, he was moving out of state, still healed. 22 years old, still healed. People got healed of cancer. I don't know how many people got healed of cancer. I mean, bone cancer, lung cancer, uh, uh, you name it. They, they were healed by the power of God. But here's the point that I'm making. Is that all of a sudden, in my prayer time, I started, I started getting a scratching right here. And I kept, I, kept, I kept hearing these words, you're going to move. You're going to move. Here's the thing. I didn't want to move. We got to move a God on. We, 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 we got to move a God moving. I mean, Lord, why would I, why would I want to move this? Move, move from here. Amen. I mean, the, the pastor's basically said that she wants to, to make me the pastor eventually. I mean, she, you know, we've talked about it and, and, and that would be her idea, which I can see now how that wasn't God because she's still pastoring. She's about 100 years old and still pastoring. And, uh, but, amen. Some people came to that meeting from a little church in DeSoto, Kansas that were looking for a move of God. Amen. And God told one of those women, said, your husband does not believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit he does not believe he needs to speak in tongues. And he does not believe in falling out in the spirit. This is what the Lord told me to tell her. I said, in two weeks, you're going to go to a meeting. And not only is he going to fall out in the spirit, he's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. Well, they went two weeks later to Dennis and Denise Capra's church in Grandview, Missouri, where a guy named Dave Duell. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Dave Duell. Dave Duell was ministering. And Dave Duell is a weird bird, but boy, he's powerful in the Holy Spirit. And, and in any event, he called this guy out. He called this guy out and said, Sir, you don't believe that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you don't believe in being slayed in the Spirit. He said, But tonight you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues, and you're going to be slain in the Spirit. And he laid hands on that man. Instantly he spoke in tongues and fell out in the power. Well, it happened just like the Lord told me it was going to happen. Well, the people that came to that meeting got a hold of the leadership of that church and said, you need to have Philip Steele come preach. And so the pastor called me and asked me, could I come preach? I was on vacation from the church I was assistant pastor at, two-week vacation. And so I went and preached, and I went over on a Sunday night, and then he asked me, well, can you stay through Wednesday night? And so we stayed through Wednesday night, and man, we had a time. I mean, we just, we just had a time. I upended their theology a lot, but we had a time. And uh, uh, the Wednesday night that we were there, the Lord said, I want you to make yourself available to pastor this church. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm saying this for a reason. I didn't want to pastor that church. I didn't want to pastor that church. I walked in that church, and it was like walking back into the 1970s. Not the 80s, the 70s. I mean, they had 70s blue church carpet. I mean, they pews. They had the red hymnals, and they had to vote on them. You know, green or red, it's important. Amen. I mean, they had the big coffin-style furniture. It was just, I, Lord, I do... And, Lord, I can see that they are firmly entrenched. 
I mean, their favorite song is, I shall not be moved. I, I can see this. And, and I, I don't want this. I'm just let me keep, I, Lord, I'll be an evangelist before I pastor here. And the Lord said, I want you to make yourself available to pastor this church. You know what I was preaching on that night? A sermon entitled, Right Where You Don't Want to Be. God is my witness. And so after church, I met with one of the, the men that used to be on the board. And I said, you know, this is what the Lord told me. And, and so I talked with the pastor. And the pastor's leaving. And here's what the pastor told me. The pastor said, well, he said, I'm leaving. He said, I don't really care. I don't really care what happens. And I thought, and right then I understood why God wanted me to come to that church. And one of the main reasons. Because those people never been cared for by a shepherd. Amen. Well, long story short, three weeks later, we went to another place for a meeting, had a three-week revival. It was powerful. Every night, people got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, healed. God was so good. After that three weeks, uh, uh, they had me come try out, had to come try out. <laughs> and so I went and tried out, and they voted on me. And, and here's it. Can I tell you this real quick? I'm going to the meeting with the board. I'm never late. Am I ever late? Never late. I think being late is a sign of no integrity. That's my opinion. Because you told somebody you'd be there at 8 and you're late. Anyway, that's me. So I'm late, and I'm late on purpose. Maybe, maybe they'll leave. <laughs> and then I can just tell the Lord they left. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I didn't know they ran late too. And so I got there right on time. But on my way over there, the Lord told me, he said, uh, he said uh, at the end of this meeting, they're going to ask you why you should be the pastor of this church. And he said, you tell them, because if you make me the pastor, you'll be in the will of God. And if you don't, you won't be. And he said, you leave it there. Well, we went through the, 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 the meeting and they asked me a lot of deep theological questions like, did I believe in preaching on Santa Claus and did I believe in Easter egg hunts and things, that, you know, deep, important things. And I, I think, now, now most of these people that were on the board are in heaven today, so, uh, you know, uh, one of them was here today, Pastor Marie Price, she was on the board. And so, in, in, in any event, uh, she was the one that asked me. So they got done, and uh, so she looked at me and said, uh, why should we make you the pastor of this church? And I said, can I tell you the truth? And she said, please. I said, because if you do, you'll be in the will of God, and if you don't, you're not. I mean, that's just, that's just it. And, you know, I'm not an arrogant person. You ask my wife, I'm, I'm non-confrontational. That's, that's not my personality. I would rather sit in a room with you and never say a word. I love you. I like you. I like being with you. But we can be buddies and not talk. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just me. Now, I, I'm a good conversationalist, but here's the point. Here's the point that I'm making. God's setting this up. The other minister that had tried out, they asked him, you know, why should we make you the pastor of this church? He said, well, I mean, I'd like to be the pastor, but if you don't make me the pastor, I'll just go somewhere else. See, it wasn't caring about the people. God had to bring somebody that cared about the people. He had to bring somebody that was willing to stick out what needed to be changed. There's times the enemy will come and tell you it's all over, but God's been working something in you for the purpose 
that's coming in your future. The last chapter's not been written for anybody. And change can be uncomfortable. But, but I look at that progression of events. If I had not went to DeSoto, Kansas, we would have never started that ministry. God would have never started blessing us. We would have never had the opportunity to publish Pressure No Problem. We would have never had the opportunity to send Pressure No Problem to Sister Jeannie's television program. We would have never had the opportunity to be on that program. We would have never had the opportunity to go on VTN. If we had not went on VTN, we would have never met Pastor Caldwell. If we'd have never met Pastor Caldwell, there'd be a void in our life. If we'd never been on VTN, there would have never been a reason to be in Little Rock. And God put Little Rock in our heart. You got to live your life in order. So you can be where God wants you to be. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.